I'm really loud. Wow. Yeah. You did me. We're ready to go, huh? Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. God damn it. What a beautiful day to be alive. Thanksgiving, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get ready to stuff our fucking tits full until we can't breathe. Grab a refreshment, hot cocoa, whatever you're feeling. Let's get fucking serious. Spread the juice. Mitty's getting higher in the kite again. What's new? Feel that music, get that posture up, and take a good fat breath. Let's open our minds a little bit this Thursday. Thank you very much, Gloria Tells, getting us dialed in today. Thanksgiving, we made it to another one. Thank you very much. Going great. Good. Uh, lots of shit to talk about. Lots of shit to talk about. First of all, everyone everyone on the Timbo Sugar Show and even on this pod asking, what the fuck is that bag he's smoking? This is a vaporizer. It's stores in Bickle vaporizer. It can vaporize herb. You can vaporize teas. You can vaporize pretty much anything, and it vaporizes it into this beautiful vapor. Right now, I'm going to smoke this uh, CBD weed. I don't know what the fuck that means. I don't know how they take the THC out of weed. You know, Hamra? Well, they don't take it out. It's just a strain that is higher in CBD than THC. So there's THC in this strain. Probably a very, very, very low dose if it's mostly CBD. Ah, okay. So we're going to fire up a bag here and get some CBD herbulation straight to the veins. Uh, Been doing some streaming been enjoying the streaming i feel bad because a lot of people are on the youtube and subscribe to the youtube just for the podcast and then i don't want to fill their feed up and or get their notifications tinging off all the time when i go live gaming but i think i don't need to overthink it and people like uh watching me game and shoot and then shooting the shit but one thing i don't like is when uh i'm on streaming and it's an adult stream and i have it listed as an adult stream and i see one of my Little jujitsu kids in there, about nine year old, saying, "Hey Tim, it's George from Jujitsu," and I got my bong in my hand, about to fucking rip it. But then again, I think about it, and it's like, well, it's not for it's not for kids. Um, yeah, it's not for kids. But then it's like, okay, if that kid sees me smoking some marijuana herb, is that any worse than that kid seeing their parent drinking a Budweiser? No. It's not because alcohol is fucking terrible for you. Abusing marijuana is terrible for you too. But a little bit of marijuana here and there. I mean, if you look up alcohol versus weed, it's not even close. It's not even fucking close. So if you if you you're worried about that, it's like, oh man, they're seeing him. That's his jujitsu professor smoking weed. It's like. You probably drink wine, or you probably drink alcohol, or you probably drank it in front of your child before, which is just as bad. Or worse. I don't know. 
Either of them. It's like you, you shouldn't do them until you're older. You shouldn't smoke weed till you're 25, in my opinion. And you shouldn't drink alcohol ever, in my opinion, unless you're getting fucking turned up, you're celebrating once in a while, and accept a little bit of that body toxicity to make some memories and have a good time and loosen up. Have the parents ever talked to you about it? No, well, one of the mom moms was in. It was like, yeah, George showed me the thing, and there's a bong in the background, and I'm like, yeah, it's not made for kids. It's definitely not made for kids. Uh, so maybe we restrict that. So they never say anything bad. Um, but then uh, another one of this this lady we were at the stem cell place with, she sent me this article talking about this new study that came out about marijuana, and it's interesting because it says. Weed smokers are more likely to get lung disease than cigarette smokers, new study finds. And this says, time to put down the green stuff. While some users believe smoking weed is better for you than tobacco, various researchers have found evidence to suggest it is incredibly harmful to your body. The research, which was recently published in Radiology in a Journal of Radio Radiological Society of North America, saw researchers compare chest CT scans from 56 marijuana smokers with those of 57 non-smoking controls and 33 tobacco-only smokers. They found that three-quarters of marijuana smokers had emphysema, a lung disease that causes issues with breathing, including shortness of breath, compared with 67% of the tobacco-only smokers. So I'm always interested in learning this shit because I'm like, if something's terrible for me, then I probably should quit. So I sent this article to my buddy Ryan Sprague, who's a marijuana expert. He studies it for his life. And I said, what, what are your thoughts on this, Ryan? What do you think about this? And this was his reply. So the first thing is that 50 out of the 56 people in that study were cigarette smokers. And they compared it to tobacco, but cigarettes are not just tobacco, right? So right here, they're using semantics and saying that tobacco smokers versus cannabis smokers. Now, what they're not saying is that cigarette smokers are actually much different than tobacco users. The Native Americans and indigenous cultures use tobacco that has not been sprayed with glyphosate, that has not had all the challenges with rodenticides, herbicides, fungicides, pesticides put into it. And they also don't talk about the quality of the cannabis whatsoever. They don't talk about how that was grown, whether that was black market or legal market, how people were interacting with it. Was it a joint? Was it a blunt? Was it a dab? Uh, if it was a dab, what type of dab? How much were they smoking? There's so many things here that are immediate red flags to me. And that being said, so for me, all the study really shows is that people that interact with cannabis of an unknown amount and unknown origin have a slightly higher risk of lung damage when they're also interacting with cigarettes over people that just interact with cigarettes. Now, this being said, I highly agree with the fact that interacting with cannabis through smoking is not the best method, right? It's not the healthiest method. Uh, this is a huge plug for vaporizing cannabis. Now, this is not vaporizing through cartridges. That's a whole nother debacle but vaporizing through an actual vaporizer like the Volcano or like the Mighty. Okay, here we go. We'll keep going here. In addition, you know, the other thing here is that the quality of cannabis truly matters here, right? Like the same thing that happened to tobacco, like I was talking about with indigenous elders using tobacco for thousands of years and now all of a sudden they're giving you cancer. The same thing is happening to the cannabis right now. So even in the legal market, you know, that's being grown with those chemical salt nutrients and things like this that we do not understand the long-term impact of. And so there's so many things here that point to not being able to necessarily draw a causation from this correlation. 
That being said, I always recommend doing minimum effective dosing, harm reduction practices, and using methods of ingestion that are healthier, right? Vaporizing for me is my ultimate way of interacting with cannabis. I prefer inhalation methods, but I do not like smoking. And so I hope this answers your question, man. Um, But yeah, let me know if you need anything else. Also happy to hop on tomorrow live if you want me to talk about it. Um, Happy to hop on, dude. So yeah, let me know. Also, my man, I have a small favor to ask of you. Um, Peace. We'll talk about that favor later, but thank you for that, Ryan. Uh, there we go. That's it. I mean, the, that's exactly what I was thinking too. I'm like, these studies, how healthy is this person you're studying? What kind of weed is he smoking? What was his, like, it, those studies are hard because there's so many fucking variables. It's not all just black and white. No. And just like before, like he was talking about the tobacco industry, if it's just tobacco, that's different. It's all the other stuff that they put in there. And if you're... I don't think if I think if you're smoking at all and like smoke's going into your lungs, that's probably not good no matter what it is. But um, the vapor obviously is helpful. But I know like they use a lot of nutrients to try to get as much weed as they can in these big facilities because they have a lot of money in them. They need the money to go out. And there's problems where their weed isn't good or it gets moldy. And that usually all goes to the lab and they salvage it through the lab. And that's what's made um cartridges dabs um so they edibles take, they take that trash weed and yeah. turn it into something else yes and that's the thing about this about all this weed going legal and stuff it's like now it's like it's numbers over quality yes you just fucking want pounds and pounds and pounds and pounds and pesticides and all this shit so it's like uh i had a podcast with him and it was all about weed in uh previous shows so you can listen to that if you want to learn more he he spreads the word good about that but yeah he does talk about when you're burning it you're burning a lot of the benefits away and it's just not good to just be inhaling that heavy smoke all the time thoughts on that schmitty (laughs) oh it's scary yes it is but it's scary when you think about it especially when you're someone like me who does it all the time you know when you sit and think about what you're doing to yourself yeah and then i mean it's fucking hard too. You've been doing it. You're just in this routine the whole time. Anytime you feel some sort of emotion, you take a rip, cover that emotion up, take a rip, cover that emotion up. It's going to take a certain level of discipline to even get it under control, not quit, but get it under control a little bit. And I think when you do get it under control a little bit, you'll turn slowly more into a top G. <laughs> Seriously. I appreciate that. Um, what else here? I'm sure a lot of people are stuffing their face heavy, um, really stuffing their face, can barely fucking breathe. So I asked Dan Garner, I said, what's something easy some anyone can do, especially athletes, before or after the, the big stuff? So let's hear what Uncle Dan said. Uh, Dan is our nutritionist, has been working with us for years now, and a very smart dude. We, I've had previous podcasts with him also. We'll see what he says. What's up, everybody? Big Tim shot me the question of what's the best thing to do before or after a big Thanksgiving feast? Look, I address this with my athletes in two big ways. The first is nutrition. The second is your physical activity. On the nutrition front, I don't want anybody to avoid Thanksgiving. You don't have to avoid it. I want you to have a great time with friends and with family and to enjoy these moments of life that you should enjoy and not be overly strict during. But... There is such a thing as overdoing it. So what I like to tell my athletes is pick your battles. You can either A, snack throughout the day, or B, have a feast at night. 
Where athletes run into major bloating and potential fat storage is when they combine those two. And especially during the six weeks from Thanksgiving to Christmas uh, or Thanksgiving and New Year's even, people combine snacking and feasting, and that's where you run into some weight problems. But if you snack throughout the day and then have a reasonable dinner, it'll balance itself out. If you eat really well throughout the day, but then have a feast at night, it really helps balance it out. But pick your battles, choose one of these and rock and roll with it. That's how I approach the nutrition. From a training perspective, weight lift, all right? And primarily in an optimal scenario, you would weight lift within an hour of your Thanksgiving meal. I know that's probably not ideal. Some people are probably gonna train a lot earlier that day, but the answer is still weight lift. That is what's going to create a lot of things to happen inside the body to preferentially utilize those carbohydrates to be stored as lean tissue in the form of glycogen and also just create a greater repair demand. So if you do some light cardio, yeah, it's going to be good for the metabolic rate, but it's not going to be good for the metabolic rate once you stop doing cardio. Whereas with weightlifting, your metabolism stays elevated for 24, even 36 hours after training. Why? Because repairing takes energy. That repair process also burns calories in a way that cardio simply does not. So long story short, pick your battles, either snack or feast. And when it comes to your training, weight lift, get it done, enjoy yourself. Happy holidays. Uh, thank you very much for that, Dan. You can uh, check out Dan on Dan Garner Nutrition, at Dan Garner Nutrition on Instagram. Uh, that's good, though. I mean, even if you can't, you don't have time to get some weightlifting in, maybe you can get some push-ups, maybe you can get some stuff going on. Um, that makes sense. It makes sense. And not just stuffing all day. Oh, it's the holidays. I'm going to fucking wake up and eat pumpkin pie. Hour later, I'm going to eat this, I'm going to eat this, and just getting fat and just slobby because there's an excuse for it, the holidays. It's good advice. Yeah. Well, usually we stuff our faces so much, like it's bad, but we try to also make everything with organic good ingredients and we'll do it a little bit earlier in the day to where we kind of don't eat all morning and then mm -hmm. do the holidays early. I mean, it's easy at Thanksgiving. You got all these fucking dishes, all these dishes you're not used to, and it's just salty and good and then you get high. So it shuts off your stomach. So you don't even know how full you are and you just stuff to the fucking gills. Then you have your pies and shit. Mm. This year I'm motivated though, because uh, I'm not with my family. So it's, we're not having a regular Thanksgiving. So, and I'm using that, like, I'm just going to keep it like a regular day, keep moving on. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, instead of just stuffing. Yep. Because usually before in the past, would you just stuff to the gills? Uh, not stuff. I would eat a good amount, though, but I would never go, like, overboard. See, but I, I would a lot of times eat till it's, I'm having a tough time breathing. I was like that when I was younger. You yeah. know, I'd have competitions with my friends or family. Oh, you're going to go back for thirds? I'm going back fourth, bitch. <laughs> That's Tim. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I used to be like it that. It used to be more. Yeah, yeah. he's gotten much uh, better about that. Well, and then, like, yeah, when you're high, too, you don't know when to stop. I remember, like, getting so full and just laying on the couch, like, in pain once my high <laughs> wore off. Yep. Oh, my God. Or that one time we just ate pie, and then you guys told me to go smoke, <laughs> and you didn't tell me when to stop, and I took oh, this huge God. rip, and I was coughing so bad, and I threw up all the pie. <laughs> And I was like crying and so embarrassed. And my brother and sister are like, you're fine. 10 minutes later, she's smiling and eating more pie. He's bringing me more pie. <laughs> yeah, oh, so. it's a fucked up night. <laughs> yeah.
Yeah. Thanks for that advice, Dan. Thanks for that advice, Ryan. Uh, just got done at the new gym, putting down the mats. People people don't realize you, you think you get a space and you just get zebra mats and put them together and they all fit together easy. It's like, that's not the fucking case, dude. Unless you have someone really smart or someone really, really good at Tetris, you're not going to be able to put those fucking mats down. But my buddy, Sebastian, he helps me just he's a contractor and he helps me fit the mats so all the mats are down the boxing rings down the flooding is taken care of and this place is on its way to looking fucking sweet it already looks so much better yeah i've been reading uh, what i've been reading lately is this book called discipline is destiny by ryan holiday he's got a series of books um he has ego is the enemy obstacles the way and now this stillness is key and now this discipline is destiny these are short easy reads especially if you're a young buck you're not sure kind of what route you want to go you pick up that you start getting that those kind of thoughts going through your head at an early age it's going to benefit you i mean really without fucking some sort of discipline you're just not going to be able to do anything in life anything special without sun at all even confidence confidence with the chicks confidence with, it comes from being fucking disciplined but this book is good and it's an easy read so go ahead. if you're looking for something to read or a gift to get some get someone that's a not a bad book i think that everybody like has that voice in their head that tries to like talk you out of doing something like yesterday i didn't want to work out it's not like you want to go do it every day but once you push back that past that you're never going to regret it you always like you'll regret not working out but yeah, it's almost that decision that's going through your head when you're sitting there debate, go work out or, or go do something that you don't want to do, or you got to wake up early. It's like right there. You got to tell yourself, this is why like this morning, I'm like, when we had to wake up early, come, come start working on the jet. I'm like, this is why we're fucking going to be, I mean, this is why we're financially free pretty much is because making just decisions like this that are uncomfortable yeah, not negotiating with yourself because it's easy to be like, oh, well, I'll do it actually later. And then you don't do it or I'll do it tomorrow or no, today I'm. you just make up excuses and then you don't do it. And I think that's an easy habit to get into. Yeah, this book called uh, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, it talks about that too. And it talks about resistance yeah. and stuff. When do you think, Shmini, do you ever talk yourself out of shit? Or Jay, do you guys ever talk yourself out of shit, kind of give in to that inner bitch? Or are you good at countering it? Because I feel like once you get good at something, yeah. once you get good or you're successful in a business here, or you, or you get a black belt in jiu-jitsu or a purple belt in jiu-jitsu, you're like, oh, okay. Now I kind of understand what type of discipline and how what it takes to get something that's worthwhile. And then you start getting in the habit of it. Do you ever, you find no. yourself... Yeah, before champ all the time. And then re lately, ever since I moved out here and started the pod and start my grind and the weight loss, even with everything, I feel like when you do talk yourself out of it, it fuels the anxiety, it fuels the depression, because then you're sitting there with the same thoughts that you had on top of things not getting done. So lately for me, with my depression and anxiety, whenever I'm going through moments of being sad, I'm like, okay, Schmidt, do, do something that needs to get done and stay busy. And that helps big time. And then even uh, sometimes Jobin's sleep. If you're if it's late at night and you're in your head and you're just kind of sad, go to bed. Go to bed and start the next day fresh and work on the tasks that you need to get done. Jay, it's what huge. about you? When people when you're trying, do you ever feel that inner bitch come in? Because you don't really do much of the weed, and I think the weed for a lot of people, younger people, lower twenties, is the the problem. They start feeling that little bit of anxiety because they're bored, or a little bit, and they just take a bong. They've probably never had like that much success in anything yet because they're young mm -hmm. so they're still learning that 
Yeah. So it hasn't really paid off yet. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. Um, I think like from jujitsu, it taught me just being consistent. Like the years of, even when I do go through like little uh, humps, like when I do have like a bad week or even month of training where I just feel like shit, I just keep showing up and keep pushing through. And I mean, I, I get over it eventually, you know, but yeah, sometimes I do like when you're about to hop in the cold, I've had days where I tell myself, okay, I'm gonna go in there, but then I don't do it, you know, but then I'll go back and, and do it. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it does, but for the most part, I feel like I do a good job at countering it. Yeah. I've been pussing out on the cold plunge. I still, since we got back from Abu Dhabi, I mean, it's cold here now. So it's what's 50 in the nights. Colder. It's been like forties, forties in the night. So it's like, Oh, I just need to, I mean, still that fucking inner bitch gets me sometimes hundred percent. So, uh, the new Priuses, Jay sent me the new Priuses and they're looking nice. You thinking about getting one, Jay? I don't, I think they're just like concepts. I don't think it's actually real. I think it might be real. Really? Yeah. I saw another article. They look sick though, huh? They look like Teslas, bro. That's what's sweet about those. Oh, really? Yeah, they look sick. What's sweet about the Priuses is like, if you want to put gas in, you can. It's not a big deal. Or it can stay hybrid. You have to. Yeah. I'm sure like the new ones, they'll make them electronic too. Yeah, they might. Well, that was a nice thing about the Prius is that it used way less gas, but you didn't have to plug it in. Mm -hmm. Like I I drove a lot, like 500 miles a week, easy. And the whole tank would last me the week. Yeah, same. Like 20 bucks. Yeah. I talked to other people with different cars and they're like, dude, I have to fill up my car like three times a week. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. (laughs) Now I'll probably fill it up like every week and a half or two weeks maybe. Do you always have yours in kind of the sport mode or the get up mode? I didn't even know how to sports mode. It just drive it just putt along yeah i yeah. kept mine in the sport mode the fast mode i don't think mine has sports mode his might be older i don't yeah. know oh okay i've been uh, in kyler's i think kyler's does have sports mode yeah but. i mean with that priest i'd fucking just be getting on it all the time so i don't know how good a gas i did on uh Shmay, if you could have your dream i know jx's dream car is a g-wagon yeah i just like the aesthetic i don't but then now thinking about it, i don't know if it, i'd want it to be my daily driver but who knows because yeah. I was talking to Emron, and Emron said they're uncomfortable. <laughs> well, uh, Sean and I f- rode in one. They're just super blocky in there. They, just they're, like this? They're as comfy as they look. It's so not they're comfy. not? <laughs> yeah. They're just blocky. It's kind of crammed. Whenever I get it, I'm like, all right, I don't want this shit anymore. <laughs> yeah. If Your dream car, Schmitty. Any car you want. It would be, I guess, a Tesla. Those the the one that the one the new one that Sean has. That X. Yeah, dude. Because the they're plaid. just so nice, so comfy. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not a big car guy. Like that would I, if the Tesla. But then you hear all the I'm hearing all these things about Teslas that I don't really know about. I'm like, how are they going to be in the future? And then how, how easy is it? Because I hear you guys, you got your plugins, but everyone who doesn't have Teslas is like, how do I get here? How do I get there? And I know they got like maps or something that kind of point out the direction you can take, right? Like yeah. if you go if on a you trip, if you don't have a plug-in yeah. at your house, I wouldn't get a Tesla. Yeah, if yeah. you fuck that, it would be too big of a pain in the ass. Right, but so, God, Elon gets a little crazy on Twitter. I'm like, damn, someone like him who has complete control over everything. I wonder where Tesla will be in a, a few years because right, it's it's hard to say. Who knows? But it's nice. Did you see Elon's bringing back Donald Trump? Brought the top G back With on the Twitter. Vote. Yeah, everyone. They're he on. was like, I'll let you guys vote. I don't think I don't think Trump's officially on yet, but. I thought he said he wasn't going to go back on, even if they let him. Oh, really? Because he wants to promote his own platform. Oh. Okay, what do we got in the MMA news? Francis, UFC wants to do John Jones return against Francis Naganu at UFC 285 March 4th. If Naganu is not ready by this date, then Curtis Blades will face John Jones. 
fuck. I don't know why Curtis Blades is in the running. I like Curtis. I'm a fan of Curtis, but I'm like, that's not really a huge fight. And it's kind of a dangerous fight because Curtis is so big and such an athletic wrestler. I mean, damn, why wouldn't, yeah, I'm surprised they wouldn't set up Naganu. I mean, John Jones and Stipe, something that's just a banger. How crazy would it be if Curtis beat Jones? It's possible. I know. Easily. He's so huge. Yeah. It's kind of one. And dude, he's really, Curtis is one of those guys that people just kind of shit on or pass by. He's really good. The uppercut from Derek was an uppercut from hell that would have put anyone out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then he's only lost to Francis, you know, Francis and Derek. So it would. I think that would be really interesting. I kind of like the the styles make matchups there, and I think that's one of them that would be kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, this is from MMAfighting.com. Artem Lobov sues Conor McGregor for millions over proper twelve whiskey deal. So I wonder what kind of deal uh, Artem had with it. According to the Irish Independent, Lobov is suing McGregor for millions, alleging that he was a pivotal in developing McGregor's proper number twelve Irish whiskey that McGregor sold a majority stake in. For six hundred million in 2021, Lobov reportedly claims that for his efforts in creating Proper Twelve, he has an agreement that entitles him to five percent of the money. Five percent of the money. What's five percent of six hundred million? Ten percent is six million, so that's three million dollars. Damn. My client is a retired professional fighter with a master's degree from DCU in finance and capital markets. Lobov's attorney, Dermot. Dermont said, we have issued high court proceedings in his behalf to enforce an agreement with McGregor regarding the number 12 whiskey brand. My client was the initial creator and co-founder of the concept to launch an Irish whiskey brand. In response, McGregor's representatives re refuted the claims as incorrect. Proper 12 whiskey was created, developed, branded, and tirelessly promoted by Conor McGregor. McGregor and Lobov were once friends. Damn, that's, that sucks. That's the way it goes, though. I mean, that's where you got to, when money starts coming into it and you have ideas with your friends and it's just like, then, then a lot of money comes in and this friend thinks he's an entitled, entitled to this money. That's where it gets fucking hairy, dude. It's where it gets tough. It's sad. Yeah. Cause I, I don't think I'd ever, to be honest, I don't see you and Sean ever being like that. You guys have such a good, strong mentality and relationship with each other. You always thought Connor and Arm did, but... Yeah, I mean, you got to just put the friendship first and not let just, I mean, it's it's easier said than done because if Artem actually did help him with that whiskey, he's like, dude, it's 5%. Like, I'm over here fucking having no pennies. It says, I was the person who came up with the idea to do a whiskey for Connor, Lobov said. I said to him, before you even look any further about vodka, here's what I know about Irish whiskey. I told him about my presentation from college. I told him about the dominance of Irish whiskey and all that. He said, you go off and see what deal you can put together. And I went on my way. I went on and met all different whiskey distilleries. I called some and met in some in person. I did my research and put a beautiful deal together. Once the deal was ready, I went to Connor and said, said, Connor, I have a deal ready for you. This is going to be a billion dollar deal. No messing here. I'm not sure if he took me seriously or not at the time with the billion dollars. Connor offered me one million, but I turned it down. I didn't accept it. You know, throughout my career, whenever I've helped Connor with camps, he offered to pay me for camps, but I never accepted money from him. With the substantially more than $1 million at stake, Lobov appears to have changed his mind. 36-year-old Lobov retired from combat sports in 2021. I'm surprised Lobov didn't go about it different and just take Connor. Hey, Connor, do you think I could? I'm sure Connor would have flipped him some ched. 
I feel like emotions got in with Arnhem because if, if you're going to deny it all the time when he's offering it to you and then bring it up in a deal moment and be upset about things in the past that you chose on your own, you yeah. know what I mean? Yep. So that's kind of a shame. Yeah, that is a shame, isn't it? 31-year-old Walmart manager kills 10 employees and customers during his shift in Chesapeake, huh? What? Jesus. Crazy shit going on out there. All right, we'll go. We'll hit a couple uh, questions from Patreon. Remember, on Patreon.com/slash Red Hog Academy, um, do usually one solo pod a week, and then I'm always answering the messages on there. There's content going up there all the time. Um, full breakdown of the Peter Yan versus Sean fight of me watching it and s- pausing it and showing where Sean went wrong and the mistakes we need to fix, and showing where Peter went wrong and the, the mistakes he made. But we're, I'm going to keep doing stuff like that. Now we're doing giveaways every every uh month giveaways every month giving away some sweet shit memorabilia and more so this question comes from shame lou timbo and rye i've been with my girl eight years living together for one tips on keeping things fresh and exciting and not getting caught up in your day-to-day routines that's the thing when you start living with someone you're you're always seeing them all day you get used to living with someone the girl maybe stops getting sexy for the guy and just scrubs out all the time and you guys fuck and it's just like how do you keep it fresh and exciting and and not get caught up in your day-to-day routines one thing that helped you i think is that sex with emily podcast yeah that's super helpful and then just because what does she talk about on that just a bunch of different things and like things that are kind of frowned upon but she really just doesn't give a fuck and she just talks about it i mean not really frowned upon but no one talks about it like no one really teaches you about sex like you have sex in school but they don't really teach you about it porn hub does no not really because that's not real life and she has like people that call in and ask questions and she answers it and then has different ideas like questions like that Uh and she'll like give ideas and give advice on how to kind of spice things up maybe try new things together um yeah definitely try new things together or go on a a date night would be good because then you get dressed up and remember like why you guys like each other or just remember to be grateful or like um when you go do new things you can see that person through other people's eyes and you remember like why you fell in love with them or yeah like you see them for who they are because you see them every day or you like you're running like we're running a business so like there's a lot of other things now it's not just like seeing each other once in a while like before you live together yeah that is weird she said going out so you see the person as other people because yeah you go out with your partner and they're sexy all these guys are going to be looking at her like just fresh meat and then you go home and you get to give give her the pipe down yeah or like if you guys are like talking like someone's talking or like you're always really funny and obviously i'm around you all the time but like if i see that from like a different like someone else's eyes like i'll be laughing and be like oh yeah like i forget how funny you are just something like that yeah and Get like horned up es- uh <laughs> esther perel will say like you want safety in your relationship but it's hard to have like the safety and the eroticism all in one so you have to create it like you both have to work on it and create it so you ever i mean imagine schmitty living with a girl <laughs> Well, that'd be basically pe- did for a while because I was you? every day we were with each other, but living, <laughs> living there. No, not like, living, living. No, you got. I mean, you got someone's doing the dishes, so, someone's yeah. cleaning up. Yeah, it'd but, be nice. It would be really nice. 
It's nice really until it's not nice. Yeah, well, that's why, in from my view, you got to keep it fresh and always make sure you're keeping conversation like on the same page at all times with everything, and definitely keep it in fresh because if things get stale and stagnant and you get into that stuck in that same old routine, it's when shit time just passes. So you think if you when you have a cute girlfriend. You live with her for how many years to where it just starts to get stale? Dude, the way my life's going right now, life is beautiful, dude. And there's so much to do and see. And just to have someone with a journey, someone I get along with, someone that I love that loves me and that we love each other for each other, same mindset, uh, someone else that has goals and aspirations. There's so much to do in this life. And it's life is so short. Uh, what were some complications you ran into, JX, when you uh, started living with the, your partner? Um, just privacy, what kind of <clears throat> shit? Yeah, I think I, I think looking back, I, I'm very like I like my personal space, you know. And when we were when we were living even like in a studio or one bed, it was just like I feel like it wasn't enough room. And also, you're together a lot, and you don't have that that um, you know when you go and do your own hobbies, mm-hmm. like. I mean, I would, but it would be like for an hour, then come back, and now you're just hanging out all day. And like, I think there needs to be a space, at least for me. Like, I enjoy my like personal space, like just being alone. So when I don't get that, I get kind of like a little edgy, a little irritated. Yeah, just kind of. And I always, I, I don't know if I'm just assuming, but I'm always like, damn, do they want to do something? Like, do they want to be entertained or something? When I just want to be chilling, watching a movie. Yeah. For, or just like I'm a big homebody too. You can chill. Yeah, I can chill too. Yeah, yeah. Communicate Yeah, but then you communicate that, and then they come back with something you don't expect. It's like the communication isn't easy. If if you haven't communicated, like, hey, sometimes I need some personal space, and and you've been in a relationship for a long time, damn, that's tough. But that might hurt their feelings. Then they're gonna start crying, and you hurt their feelings, and then you're gonna go on another yeah. talk and, and then is your blood sugar low and then you explode yeah. you start well it just sounds like you need someone that's like you like who's someone who else also enjoys their personal space because your balance is everything if you're with someone too much yeah we're all going to be like that yeah they, i think you do have to give each other space and do your own thing and that'll make you like happy to see each other for the day Cause you, and there's days that you're going to spend more time with each other and days you're not going to spend time with each other and then when you get together at night and eat dinner together and then you're grateful for that and i think it's important to stay grateful like even little things as like doing something nice like do the dishes or just doing little things and be like oh my god thank you so much and say thank you yeah they you know they'll appreciate it and then not take things for granted that they do for sure i mean for us i think we've worked out for so long because we both have our own passions and stuff and you've been riding horses now for how long pretty much my whole life since i was three and then when did you start like doing professional barrel races? Um, when I was like 23, probably 24. So you've had some serious fucking spills. And a lot of times when you go out and ride, I'm like, God, if she dies, then that's how she'd pr- probably prefer to die. <laughs> so at least we got that going. <laughs> but Why dude, it's fucking, that's, I never die. thought of those are thousand pound animals that yeah. just throw people off, trample them around, just like all the time and you've came home with some fucking pretty bad injuries but I've, you been, like, I've been lucky i really haven't been hurt that much i've been bucked off hard a few times but i haven't been like 
never broke a bone or anything. I mean, yeah. rabbit smacked me in the face and gave me a black eye. And my Ooh. last buck off was my three-year-old, and then I sold him. But my leg was really bad. And probably with jujitsu, like when you do get bucked off, it's probably made you a little bit more athletic with your body to be able to catch yourself and stuff. Oh, yeah. Jujitsu's helped my riding even a ton. Oh, I bet. With strength yeah. and just kind of balance. Oh, for sure. Super yeah. a lot. Because those horses, people don't realize, like, you're going really fast and then they slow down fast and they leave those turns fast and you have to stay with them. And it, all of that's helped. Or even just like with my horses, I always have to rely on them. Like you're only as good as the horse you ride. Like it's them, but you have to keep them good. But jujitsu, it's me. Yeah. And so that's been a nice balance and a change. And it's made me like take some pressure off myself too with barrel racing. So yeah. I think that's been helpful too. Yeah, I mean that's the thing about barrel racing because I've I've always told you I'm like the work ethic and the discipline you have with those things and how good you are and how passionate you are about those horses. In any other sport you were doing, you'd probably be a champion and it'd be paying off. The thing with horses, it's like it's not always what you do. It's about getting a fast horse. So that's what that's what kind of bugs me a little bit of the, about the sport is a rich person can go in there and have a lot of success just because they're rich. Maybe they know how to ride horses a little bit, but they're really fucking loaded so they can afford a $500,000 horse and then make it to the NFR compared to someone like you who's been... They can and can't. The money definitely helps, but there's tons of girls that make it that don't have money. But just because you do have money doesn't mean you can ride those horses. But it does help with a lot. The horses are expensive, you know, and mm -hmm. that does help. But I yeah. feel like I've worked really hard to get the horses that I have now and... Yeah, they're what I've always wanted, my dream. Yeah, and that's what's kind of like, that's a reason too, we're not in a rush to have a kid. Like, oh, let's have a kid because we need something to do. We need something to focus on. We need something. Like, we got our shit that we're focusing on. Yeah. Um, I really wish you would do a channel because everything you just said is so, because it, it takes so much to do what you do. And me being around you, unless you talk, talk about it, I would have no clue. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're a badass for that. <laughs> And you do a lot. There's a lot in that horse world, racing world, that would be really cool to watch. That yeah. I think you, and on top of that, with your jujitsu world and everything else you got going on, I think it'd be a pretty fun channel. I mean, there's that. It's just like anything else. There's that's why I wish there was the belting system more in other things. Like she would be a black belt in horses. That'd be cool. Or barrel racing and training horses, and and you've had good mentors who are professionals and made it to the highest level. So maybe yeah. a saddle. Instead of a belt. Like, I'm a four-stripe blue saddle. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Seriously. Oh, that's funny. Um, okay, here, another question by, uh, this one here is by Connor. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? 10 years, I'd be 42 years old. God, it's just so hard to look that far ahead because you don't know who's going to come into your life. You don't know what kind of things are going to happen to put you in a completely different direction. You just don't know. So it's hard for me to look at a 10 year goal but if i think about it i would just be like hopefully in 10 years i'm just still able to stay consistent with my good habits because if i'm consistent with my good habits for years there's no way i'm going to end up in a in a in a really shitty spot i guess because you never see anyone i mean someone who's disciplined someone who's constantly disciplined they're always going to go somewhere in life they're not going to just be fucking losers if you're just a loser out there you got to just blame yourself because you don't have discipline in some area 
Uh, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Schmidt? Right now, uh, 10 years is a long time, champ. So I got my main things that I would look at that 10 years. So I want to be healthy. I would like to have my podcast more successful than it is now. You know, so in order to reach those, I'm doing it. Like I look at like even a month or just on a weekly, like what am I going to do? What do I do this week to make sure my goals stay consistent? I need to get better with, you know, there's everything, everyone, even you. You know, you're really good at it, but there's something that you can have more discipline in. A hundred percent. You know what I mean? hundred fucking percent. Because I've, I'm proud of myself with me and Brendan with our podcast. You know what I mean? Yeah. We, every week, we it's our goal to get a pot up. And that's just my goal. I do it every week. And, and I'm just saying it. that. And, and, but it's fun to me. You know, I love yeah. it. That's and the thing about all the shit we, we do here in this group. A lot of the shit where we work hard, but it's all stuff we kind of like to do. Right. It makes it that much better. Jay, what about you? 10 years? 10 years. That would make you 36? 38. 38 years old. Yeah, I'm 28 right now. Um, just probably still like doing something creative. I don't know. A couple kids? Maybe, yeah, probably. Two little Mexican couple babies. Couple little shits? <laughs> Two little spoiled brats. That oh. I get to train in jiu-jitsu? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, 38, I wonder like, uh, I always think about that. At what age are we, we going to still like roll hard? You yeah. plan on rolling hard, like I don't. I don't think I want to roll hard at forty-eight. Well, at our gym, or I thirty-eight. Mean, sorry. At our gym, we we That's start from the feet. If if you're getting a scrap, you guys get a scenario, and then we're both neutral, which means we're both on our feet. We still go hard from there. We wrestle yeah. hard, wrestle hard, pull guard hard. But eventually, it's it might have to change. For the young bucks coming in, we kind of keep it at that speed. For the older people, it's like, no, you start from your knees and I start from my butt. And you start from your butt, I'll start from my knees and just kind of slow it down a little bit. Mm -hmm. Slow down the wrestling, slow down the takedowns. Eventually, we're going to have to do that, which it will still, it'll still be fun, still be competitive, but taking away a lot of the takedowns and slams and throws and stuff will probably be a lot of it. I'll put in my hours, young buck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, probably just still doing something creative. I'm, I'm sure jujitsu is still going to be in my life so black belt 100 uh, percent. yeah for sure for sure uh 10 years for you mara yeah i just hope we're just doing the same thing i love our life and hopefully we'll have a little baby by then mm -hmm. by 35 yeah we'll see about that, <laughs> we'll see about that. <laughs> um ass or tits ass or tits from Butch's g what, what's your favorite thing boobies so a nice little flat ass don't bother me really don't bother me. And to be honest, uh, if small titties don't bother me either, I love titties. Yeah, titties I'm are not, titties. I, I'm not. I mean, just like. <laughs> are don't we bother me. I find a girl cute. I find her cute. Her like, if a girl's got, if I find her cute, she's got beautiful eyes. Holy shit! Because I'm an eye guy. When you got beautiful eyes, oh. Yep. <laughs> I just want to look into them. <laughs> Are you an ass or tits guy, Jay? You kind of like the kind of. I kind of like just like the fit type body, like, but if I had to pick, probably ass. I don't know if I could. Like, I think just to say. I always think about that, like, yo, like big tits is cool, but until you're when you're older, how's that gonna look? <laughs> you know. Yeah. I always think of that far ahead, but I mean, obviously, like you think, like, just when you're pounding it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but I'm thinking, like, okay, like, do I want to be with her, like, type shit, you know? Yeah. That's what goes through my mind. Well, for if sure. you love her and are with her, you won't really yeah, care obviously. back like down well, the road. And also, if you love her and you're with her, maybe you could teach her some weightlifting, and then maybe her butt. She could start getting some muscle on her butt and start teaching her. Some oh, proper I used to have the flattest butt ever. And no you've been butt. Very disciplined and worked very hard. Yeah. Did you really? 
Oh yeah. And what just squats and because I have no ass. No, I literally like. Oh, I'm, you got a perky little butt on you, dude. I have no. It's bone straight. Mine too. No, I know so, it is. Yeah, I mean, squats. Lots squats. Of squats. Mm-hmm. I need to get an ass. I've been doing these workouts that are free on YouTube, and they've been kicking my butt. Uh, yeah, Girl, Schmidt, you got to start lifting because girls you, love ass. You heard the science from Dan Garner right there. Oh yeah. It's going to be better than walking on the treadmill. And really the sauna, I mean, I think the sauna is good for you, but I wouldn't consider that working out. Oh, I know. I just love the sauna. Just getting in there and getting yeah, hot. Yeah. I just love being in there. Yeah. So uh, we get a lot a lot of questions. I mean, there was over almost 50 questions, and I answered them all. Can we, we should do a little something like, what are we thankful for? It's a little Thanksgiving pod. Let's do some things we're thankful for. Dude, I'm always so, it's so easy for me to be thankful because I've been fucking hurt so much in my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, I'm thankful for being able to just fucking talk and just thankful being able to eat and thankful being time. I have, I have too much to be thankful for. Right. I have fucking too much. I have, that's never an issue for me, yeah. being ungrateful and just like ugh, feeling bad for myself because maybe someone dude, needs to hear it though. You we got I mean? we got people like Kyle around us who are battling serious shit. Like when we were in Tijuana, we're seeing people battle serious shit. It's like, dude. If you got two arms, you got two legs, they work, and you can see, and you can taste, and you can hear, I'm like, you should be fucking very grateful. That's plenty to be grateful for. Just having your fucking health. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say that. Like, when I was sick the last couple of weeks, and everybody's been getting sick, and once you're sick, and you're just like, I would do anything to feel better. So I think, like, health is number one. Oh, yeah, easily. And it takes you getting hurt, getting fucked up to realize it a lot of the times. Just as a reminder, like getting sick, you're like, yeah. Mm -hmm. So now when I'm healthy, I'm not going to just like not train or not work out or not do the things I need to get done because right now I can't. Yeah, I mean, and not being able to train, I've had to, I mean, I got a a lot of my happiness and just peace from being able to train hard and push hard and get tired and get to a point where I want to quit and not quit. I get a lot of happiness from that. So not being able to train for fucking a long time, Almost actually train. Months. Yeah. For a long ass time has been like, God, I could, I, I mean, I got two options. I can either be a bitch about it and pout about it and talk about it every chance I get, or I can say, Hmm, I'm going to take that energy and I'm going to put that energy in some other shit. Maybe my YouTube, maybe my gyms, maybe other businesses and take the energy and put it in there and just accept it. That's what real fucking stoicism is. I think it's called like a more, Amor Fati, A-M-O-R-F-A-T-I, just accepting what happens to you and loving it, truly doing that. So it's easier said than done, but I think it, I think it helps. But like I said, if you're fucking healthy out there, you got a lot to be thankful for. What are you guys grateful for? Jay? Pretty much same thing. I feel like I've been through a lot of shit in my life where when I, like, from even just having a bed or even just having somewhere to lay my head at, you know, I've had times where I, I don't have anywhere to sleep or no car or nothing. Now when I do have a car, I'm like, Oh shit, I'm super grateful. Or like when I go buy food, I'm like super grateful for that. Same thing. Even when like you get sick, you're like, fuck, I just want to be healthy again. Mm-hmm. So just like little shit, you know, I'm pretty good at like uh, remembering to be grateful, you know? Yeah. And, and having a good perspective. And it's just like, uh, I, I'm so thankful. I didn't, I mean, and there and there is people that come from a lot of money and come from come from just comfortableness all the time. But I'm so thankful to not have come from that and have parents that were pretty poor but still good parents. Um, 
because I bet you it's hard. I mean, you get born rich. Everything's fucking Gucci and you have a brand new fucking sports car and you don't even have to work for that sports car at all. You don't have to work for any of that thing. I could see how you get pretty fucking anxious and depressed and you're just like, God, what else is there? Oh, and then you take a drug or you take an oxy or you take something. You're like, oh, now I'm finally numb and I feel something. So I'm thankful to not come from a lot of money, I guess. Well, your struggles, like, that's where you learn a lot. Or when the bad things happen, that's what make you grateful. And even to get out of a funk, like, when I was sick for those two weeks, I'm like, as soon as I wake, like, woke up, I was like, five things I'm grateful for. And that, like, really changed my mind. Because I was just getting pissed that I was just still sick. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I don't know. I think you have to teach your kids, like, the gratitude, even if you're rich or stuff, then you that's going to help a lot, just being thankful for those. But... Like they always say, the hardest thing that's ever happened to you is the hardest thing that's ever happened to you. So th- they don't know big struggles. Yeah. Uh, Danny Mosquito, what are your thoughts on smashing a MILF that's married with three kids, Schmidt? You smashing or feeling guilty and not doing it? Just because she has three kids? And married with three kids. Oh, married. Yeah, no, I feel guilty if she was married. She If she didn't tell and, me, and and I didn't know. she takes you in the back of Sprouts, she said, Schmidt, I'm married. Let me suck your juice. <sighs> I'd feel too bad for the other guy. And you'd say no. Yeah. I I smell a little cap in the room. <laughs> I mean, do you want to try and... I, it, no. Dude, um, married won't like... And you're damn, horned girl. up. You're three, two, three days in. And she's like, just, let me, just fuck me, Schmidt. So I'm hanging out with her for a couple no, days? No, back of sprouts. I've just met her. Yeah. I just met her. And she's just like... Fuck it's me. so easy for me to say Fuck no to me. that. <laughs> I just met her. I'd be like, lady, are you fucking on drugs? <laughs> kind of, yeah, that's good. That's good. That's that, that'd be a funny wow. prank to do. Uh, oh my to see God. if they go through with it. <laughs> Dude, 99% of guys would go through it, including Schmidt. Give me a month or two months to forget about this whole conversation. Let's see, baby. Yeah, I guarantee Let's see. you're fucking her. <laughs> she's like i got a husband but i'll fuck your brains out right yeah. now i'm saying no bullshit <laughs> we'll see we'll see <laughs> god i feel bad dude i'd be like damn why are you cheating on your husband why don't you, like why don't you go solve that shit and get I your shit shut up bitch fuck me <laughs> <laughs> and then what like, are you just that unhappy? Are you really unhappy? Just shut up. <laughs> uh, what are the main challenges you face in your day-to-day lives? I mean, I got a bunch of random fucking cha- uh, s- small challenges. All the issues I'm dealing with are so small compared to Pablo Escobar. <laughs> that motherfucker had some issues. I mean, who knows how true that whole show is, but I'm like, holy. And, and the fact that you're saying he was a good guy, he's not a good guy. Zero percent. He's the fucking devil. I'm sure the real Pablo Escobar in real life was terrifying compared to the show. The show makes you sympathize with him. So I bet you'd think different of him if he fucking murdered your mom and oh, dad yeah. and brother and sister and didn't give a fuck. I bet you'd be like, Hang fuck him. that guy. Kill this man. But now you're like, no, he's a he's a pretty good guy. Yeah, because, well, when you're watching the show, I'm not putting myself with the victims. I'm putting myself with Pablo Escobar and why he made these decisions. So that's kind of the show's fault. Did you guys watch? Oh, watch I watched it years. I watched watch? this when it was coming out. Yeah. Watched it a while ago too. Yeah. Uh, the Mexico one's pretty good too. It is. Yeah, I'm way really good. That's what we were talking about. I'm like, well, it's easy because like in the show, you're like, no, Pablo and his wife and his kids. I'm like, but when like random someone dies on the street, you don't know them. Yeah. But if you put yourself in that scenario, it's crazy all the people he killed. 
Oh yeah, the plane yeah. was bad. When he blew up the plane, yeah. that was pretty bad. Or when they put they the one we watched last night, they just put the car by like where everyone was shopping, and it was like back to school. Yep. Oh, oh yeah. God. So hold on. So what season are you guys in? Two. Two. Okay. Yeah. God, that show. I would love to. I, there's shows that I wish I could just wipe from my memory and go watch again for the first time because that's one of them. Yeah. It's just such You'd a You'd probably show. catch more stuff the second time, though. Yeah. Because you have to read the subtitles. I love that. I, I like it, too. Yeah. We were talking about that because like, it actually makes you pay attention yeah. because yeah. if something else is playing, it's easy to like get on your computer, get on your phone, or like get up and go do something, but you have to pay attention yeah. or you miss it. And then once like 20 minutes goes by, you don't even realize you're doing it and watching the no. show at the same time. Yeah, I like it, yeah, too. Except for guys like Tim. You know what I mean? <laughs> if he's too high, he gets lost. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, wait, what happened? Yeah, it is hard. But but reading the subtitles does try to, I'm like, I got to focus. Yeah, he actually, focus. it's hard for him to get into a show, but with reading the subtitles, and he's stayed in really good with this show. Discipline, I'm curious baby. to how much, though, like, we have, how many seasons left? One. A well, we're in full season less. I'm like, God, if this keeps keeping up and he just doesn't get caught for like 10 more episodes, like, it gets all better. Right, all right, all right. All right, don't tell me. Don't spill me. Don't spill me. <laughs> no spoilers. <laughs> No spoilers. So, JX, when's your next sh uh, show coming out on your YouTube? I'm trying to upload it. It's taking forever. Um, hopefully today. If not, I'm trying to figure out like a schedule. But this you, week for sure. You guys got some good fast Wi-Fi set up? Yeah, at home we do. But yeah, last night I was at Anissa's and her Wi-Fi. Trash. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I was going to tell you too. There's a, uh, like a local, not a local, legend, um, Jesus Malverde. He's like a bandit too. But if you look into him, like people pray to him now and stuff. It's pretty, you should look into his story. What did he do? I think he, he just, um, I was trying to read more information because there's people that really like, what they was have, sh they have shrines of him and like shit Like they did at a home. Pablo. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he was like killing people though. Is this what? Malverde, M-A-L-V-E-R-D-E. -E. You should look into him. He was a bandit too. Um, but his story seems pretty interesting. Like, he was the gen he was referred to as the generous bandit, angel of the poor, or the narco saint. He was Spanish heritage. He's a Robin Hood figure who was supposed to have stolen from the rich to give to the poor. He's celebrated as a folk saint by some in Mexico and in the United States, particularly among drug traffickers. Like a lot of drug dealers, like they like look up to this guy too, and oh wow, or like they'll pray to him and shit, you know. But it was part of the narcos. I don't, I don't know the exact no. story. I don't know if he. I think he just like stole from the rich, like a modern day Robin Hood. Type well, that's kind of how Pablo started. That's what they called him, right? And yeah, that's why yeah. the people liked him so much. But you can see, like, there's pictures of that's crazy, just like shrines and shit in people's homes of him. Mm -hmm. What I was trying to tell Tim about Pablo is once he started making so much money and doing all this in America, saw they kind of stepped in and his hand was kind of forced on some things. But I know he did bad things, but something it's like imagine had the U.S. not got all like jealous and wanting a piece of the pie and like what the fuck. Then he would have took over everything. I know. And then he. And who knows? You got to stop him somewhere. <laughs> yeah. You got to. His you can't country, let a guy go like that. Yeah. They were dealing with hardcore poverty. They're fucked. Mm -hmm. And here came this guy with all the money that could change everybody's lives. But and America's like, like how's he making that money? I know. By and how much is that here. money killing people over here in America? Just fucking us up. Yeah. So it's and like, then all and then when that woman did the put it, they were putting up in their vaginas and shit. And killed oh, a pregnant girl. oh god, that was terrifying and yeah. so sad. Super. Yeah. 
So yeah, I'm sorry. He's not a good person, no. But I feel like a little the way the show is, there was a little part of him that was a family man and could have had good morals. Yeah, he's he loved his family and do anything for his family. Uh, Like there's good parts of everybody, right? So, um, okay, we'll we'll do some fight fight picks here for uh the December third card, and then we'll wrap it up. Stephen Thompson versus Kevin Holland. I think Kevin Holland's going to beat him. Stephen Thompson's getting up there in age. Um, Kevin Holland's just big, fucking long, too, and just scrappier. I feel like Kevin Holland might get the job done, but we'll see. Brian Barberina versus Rafael Dos Anjos. Damn, Rafael Dos Anjos is 31 and 14. Brian Barberina, 18 and 8. Southpaw versus Southpaw. I think uh, Brian's the most durable motherfucker. Like, he's probably one of my favorite dudes to watch fighting, which is crazy. Because we were teammates for a long time and we're really good friends, but I love watching this kid fight. I think he might rough up Dos Anjos. When was the last time RDA fought? I don't know. I feel like it's been a while. And Brian's uh, been pretty consistent. Yeah, I mean, not super consistent. He, he just had, fought, he fought uh, uh, yeah. Dos Anjos fought Faziv and got KO'd July 9th, 2022. Oh, wow. And he was on a two-fight win streak before that against Paul Felder and Hanato Mokiano. I totally forgot about that fight. Wow. Yeah, me too. And then, uh, so I'm going to pick Brian Barberino on that, probably by decision. Hey, what up, Brad? I'm going to go RDA, submission. No. I'm going to be wild. Why would he submit him in? A fucking guillotine or something? <laughs> yeah, you're uh, right. It's going to be brawl. Tai Tuavasa versus Sergey Pavlach. That's a big fucking dude. That's a big, big dude. The 6'2", 257, and he's thick. Fucking thick. Tied to Avasa. Could crack you with any shot. It's so hard with the heavyweights to, to pick, dude. Especially explosive heavyweights, four-ounce gloves. It's like someone's getting KO'd anytime. Whoever shows up on that day, going to probably take it. And then on the prelims, anything special? Nico Price, Philip Rowe. It's a pretty good fight. Nico Price, just a scrappy, fucking crazy dude. I think he's got like six kids. Philip Rowe. Super, super tall guy. I trained with him way back, way back in the day. Uh, it'll probably be a good fight. Good scrap there. And then Clay Guida, Scott Holtzman. Uh, Scott Holtzman's a good athlete. He's getting up there in age now, 40 years old, I think, or 39. Fighting Clay Guida, who's also up there. I think Scott Holtzman's going to be too big of an athlete, too big, too strong, too well-rounded. I think he might beat up Clay Guida. Damn, Michael Johnson still. Michael Johnson, 21-18 versus Mark Diakisi. Good scrap there. We'll see. Then Jonathan Pierce, another one we've had on the pod. 13-4 versus Darren Elkins. Darren Damage Elkins, 27-10. and 10. Good scrap there. I think Jonathan Pierce is going to be able to keep up with his rest, wrestling and keep up with his pace and just scrap the whole time, so I'm going to pick JP on that. And then other than that, that's all she got. So, guys, if you, if, uh, if you like the pod and you enjoy it, we have a bunch of other bangers on the page. So please subscribe. Every Thursday, we're coming out with a new podcast. So hit the subscribe button. We're almost to 30,000 subscribers, and I'm pumped. What did you say, Jim? Did you see about Gilbert Burns versus Neil Magny? It's in the works for UFC 283. What do you think that would win that? I like Neil Magny. He's a nice guy. I think Gilbert might fuck him up. Really? Yeah. Neil, he, Neil it's weird because, I mean, you grab him. After, we trained with him a little bit before. You grab him, and he's just he's got small waist. He's, he's not super strong. I think his... I think his uh, his biggest strength, he's got good cardio and he's got good output and he's a tall, big guy. But I think Gilbert Burns is just, uh, he's just elite as fuck. He fucking cracks hard. 
He's a world champion on the ground. So if it gets on the ground, Gilbert's going to run through him. So I just don't know. I, I can't see really Neil winning that fight. Sick fight, though. It's just a main event? Um, I don't think so. Not for UFC 283, no. So three round or two. So yeah. I'd probably pick uh, Gilbert Burners. So other than that, today I'm going to teach the gi class and then no gi class. And I think I got a couple guys sparring here in a little bit. I'll probably go home and stream right after this. Tomorrow's Thanksgiving. Well, today's Thanksgiving since it just came out. And then we'll do a competition training on Friday and then open mat and then enjoy the weekend. So hope you guys enjoy the show. Uh, Patreon.com slash Red Hawk Academy. Like I said, if you want to support the show even more and then get a ton more content, doing giveaways every month there, extra pot a week there. Um, and I'm just always throwing up content on there. So check it out and enjoy. Check out Brendan Schmitty's show. Thank you, Captain. Thanks for having me on. Jace. Check out Jake Soto's page. So, all right. Thanks for coming on, everyone. Enjoy Thanksgiving. Love you all. Deuces. Bye-bye. One second, one second, one second, Jay. There we go. Let's get out of here on a good note, ladies and gentlemen. Love you all. Let's go fuck that turkey up. Bye-bye. <laughs>